Hello, everyone. Welcome to the EKN Radio Network and another edition of the Industry Insider. This is episode number 27. It's August the 16th, 2019. Hello, friends. My name is Rob Howden. Great to be back uh, with another podcast. We're going to be kicking a ton of them out here uh, through the remainder of the season. A lot of guests we have lined up. I've got a couple new Book It podcast guests lined up as well. David, uh, David Cole and I, of course, knocking out our regular debrief podcast, the review of the events we've attended. Uh, a lot of events coming up uh, in the month of September before we have a bit of a break in October, heading into the Supernats in November. Uh, but today's guest, one that I'm, I'm really interested to sit down and talk to. I've known him for a long time. I actually watched when he was running, I believe, Formula Y back in the day in the mid-90s. Uh, a talented driver, an industry member as well, and continuing to become a force in the, in the sport here now. Sitting down with Justin Stefani uh, from J3 Competition and the Stars and Stripes Rotax Racing Program. Uh, Justin, you've, you've done everything. I, I think I did an article about you guys a, a, a long time ago about the fact you were one of the young guns that were getting into the industry. It's a long time ago that you were actually a driver, but you have uh, you guys and the Giacomellis have really put together a fantastic program with J3. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it's This year kind of marked 15 years of the three of us being together, so wow. I think that's uh, it's been a long time, and uh, you know, I think it's something you don't see a lot in business and it's certainly something that you don't see a lot of uh, in, in our industry so uh, it's been a good 15 year run the three of us and uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to to many more years as well in the game plan i have here for this particular podcast interview here on the industry insider um that later on i want to talk a little bit about the business evolution because there are not many people in this sport that have done what you guys have done and that's starting as a racer getting into the industry and to be honest i don't think anybody's then made the move to starting their own chassis line that is now international and then moving into the, into the, uh, into the promotion side, the organizational side. I don't think anybody's really ever done that. So I want to talk to you about that a little later on. The reason why I'm obviously so excited, Justin, getting you on here is because, you know, in the 20 something year run of, of what I've done with my career. And then since 2004 with eCardyNews.com, we've, you know, watched the growth, the arrival and growth of the road tax program. Then the hurdles that they hit, here stateside in North America. Then it kind of went away for a couple of years because, you know, the organization just flatlined. Then you guys bring it, essentially you guys step up to bring it back uh, for, for 2018 and beyond. That's I think interesting because we've, I've been trying to get you on a podcast. I've been busy. You've been busy. You're putting on races. I'm going to races. I think it's, it's for anybody who's in this sport and who has been for, let's say, five or more years. They remember the Rotax name. They know about Rotax. It's still uh, you know, a, a global brand, probably the biggest category single single uh, worldwide, right? Running in every, all the different organizations, the Rotax Grand Finals. This is big because there, you guys, what, what you're essentially doing is pressing the reset button on the Rotax program. You restarted last year, July of 2018 at the U.S. Open. In New Jersey, you're one of the two distributors for the Rotax BRP product line here in the U.S. Let's talk a little bit first about uh, the decision for J3 competition to make a move from a strictly distributor, you know, dealer, team, um, chassis manufacturer into getting into the promotional side with Rotax. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, we started the the chassis brand, which was an evolution, right, from our from our J three competition um, side, which was you know predominantly over the years based on distribution and providing race team services um, amongst some other services. So, 
once we took on and, and created our own chassis line with CompCart, um, that's kind of taken a life of its own on. And that's essentially created and left the J3 brand um, strong, but but really, you know, nothing from its core values of, of distribution and, and being able to service the market. So um, the opportunity was was presented to us with the, the Rotax product line, and um, it just fit really well with sliding that over underneath the J3 competition brand. And, um, you know, kind of starting that that redistribution, if you will, I think reset is what you used earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really a no brainer for us. Right. Just because of the product line, the brand, um, you know, what what that means to the sport. You're talking about the probably arguably the world's largest recreational brand. <laughs> and for them to have such a strong presence and commitment to carting, um it, it, that side of it's unmatched, right? You know, that's really not up for debate. And, you know, essentially then the kind of today's common carding structure, if you will, with the, with a mono series engine, with a, a grand final sort of concept with, uh, you know, we, we run a lot of different series where it's an engine platform with the tire, with the structure, you know, all of those structures were originated by, by the Rotax concept, right? Um, so to be able to be part of that um, and kind of bring that back um, is is important. And, it, and it's something I think, you know, a lot of people in our market here stateside have been asking for. There's a lot of people that um, are big fans of the engine. We all know the longevity and we all know, um, obviously, now with the parity, with the way the engines are produced, um, you know, it's a fantastic package. So we're, uh, you know, we're excited about it for sure. You know, my next question would be what the, uh, I don't say the introduction, but when you guys came on board, what was kind of the feedback you were getting? Because I would have to say, you know, there were a lot of Rotax competitors, Rotax customers, Ro- passionate Rotax customers uh, all around the United States and, of course, in Canada as, as well, right? And there's all these guys that, that still had Rotax products. Maybe I would expect a majority of them were running in some potentially some club Rotax only categories, but also the Rotax fitting into some of the uh, assorted tag programs that were still being run around the country. What was kind of the initial feedback? You know, you guys announced that J3 is coming on board. You have the northern half of the United States where there's a lot of Rotax competition still, a lot of customers. What was that initial feedback? Were you, were you making phone calls? Were you getting emails? You know, what was it in terms of, hey, you know, J3's here. We're taking over the Rotax program. Get ready. We're going to do a lot of great stuff. What was the feedback that you got initially? Initially, it was really good. And, and that's just kind of continued to, to get better right? over this first year doing it. You know, people were obviously excited because I think they know the level of, of service and kind of inventory that we've kind of ran our business over the last 15 years. So that brings a tremendous amount of confidence to the market where people are going to be serviced not only on the technical side of the engine, but also on fulfillment side, right? Getting the parts so that they can keep running and, and stay up to date at the track. So, you know, it was good. It was, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, obviously we were prospecting, but there was a lot of uh, emails and calls coming in. So I would say it was, it was, you know, genuinely very positive in the beginning. That's obviously kind of grown immensely since now that we've been doing it for a year. People have been able to kind of, you know, touch and feel, if you will, and, and drive the engines and then and use the tires and see the product. And, and they're kind of, um, you know, getting the confidence back in the brand. And, you know, that's obviously an important step in it. Um, you know, make make no bones about it. You said at the beginning, you know, there was a lull where the market flatlined. Um Obviously, you know, there was, uh, it's no uh, secret, you know, Rotex did uh, uh, their first evolution to the engine package, which was 
what the market was asking. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they I think they kind of just missed on a few of those things. Um, they lost a lot of kind of customer confidence in the market. Prior to that, you know, they obviously had a majority of the market share, which had to do with, you know, the quality of the product and the brand, et cetera. So, um, you know, um, the fixes have been made, if you will, in the Evo and the Rotax product line all the way through from the engine to the tires to the lubricants that we have now. Um, they're, they're at a level that, you know, I really haven't seen, um, uh, before and, um, you know, people are using it and people are noticing that. So it's, it's starting to churn and, and things are definitely moving in the right direction for sure. Yeah. To comment on, on, you know, getting back to the point where, when you guys first cut, kind of got, uh, came out of the box and you guys announced what you were doing and, and J3, obviously J3 competition set this bar, this, this level of the way you guys approached everything you did. I think every, anybody you would talk to will say over that last 15 years, you guys, everything you did was this top level pro deal. Whether it was your trackside services you gave with the team, whatever it may be, through the, through the, the shop itself and distribution. I have no doubt that coming out of the gate, racers would have said, hey, man, it could have been somebody else that, that picked up the, the brand, right? But sure. it was J3, it was J3 competition. And with you guys being that lead brand up in the Northern States, it was this injection of confidence that I think that the sport needed. And I think obviously Rotex needed as well. It seems to me like it was a really good match in terms of Rotex coming in, as you said, the worldwide brand, right? Rotex, Bombardier, Ski-Doo, Sea-Doo, whatever it may be under that umbrella, worldwide as you said, like a, a, a auto sports, motorsports, uh, uh, fun sports kind of deal. Um, but then you guys bring the, bring that confidence in and, that, and those years of experience and respect. Uh, I, I'm sure that that must have that must have been a big thing early on for you and the guys to have that that fuel that you were able to pour into what you guys were doing. It had to make things a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at partnerships, you know, you. You try to always align yourself with somebody that has the same, you know, philosophy and, and they're providing the same sort of service and or products. Um, obviously, kind of the integrity in which we run our business and then the integrity and in, in the means and processes in which BRP run their business, that aligns really well. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, they're, you know, they're, they're the world leader in two cycle technology as well, um, which is a, you know, is a, is a known fact. So, you know, just to kind of put, put you know, I, I guess where we're at in the market and have a partner of their stature, um, you know, it's, it certainly doesn't happen overnight. But, um, you know, we have a really nice marriage, if you will, right now to um, just kind of continually grow the sport, create confidence and create a platform um, for for the entire karting community where people can compete and have the confidence in, you know, the engine, the tire and, and kind of that bigger platform, that that bigger pyramid, if you will, where we focus on bringing people into the sport and then kind of ushering them all the way up that pyramid and um and I think we have a, a, a good um, you know promotion side of things, race structure side of things. Then obviously we have the product, which is really important. That's the tangible piece of it that the consumer purchases. That that is really really right for the market. So it's um, yeah, it's exciting. So um, yeah, it, it's been really good so far. Episode number twenty seven here on the EKN Radio Network. Episode twenty seven of the Industry Insider. Speaking today with Justin Stefani from J three Competition and the Stars and Stripes Rotax Racing Program. Uh, Justin, I, I said earlier that you were probably getting a lot of uh, contact when you guys first announced. Well, I was one of those guys. David Cole and I were obviously we asked that first question, guys. What's the plan? You know, you guys, pick, you know, you pick up a program that was, as you said, and I said, kind of flatlined a little bit. There was still Rotax racing, 
we wanted to know your plan. So this is the first time we've been able to talk to you. Obviously, you've had a whole year since last year uh, to kind of get to where you are now, what you've been doing. But for those potentially listening in who are, maybe aren't road tax racers at this time, maybe in the future, what was the plan? And what is the plan right now? Obviously, it's going to evolve a little bit. But initially, I know you, you know, we, t- we asked the question, is it, are you guys going to go after national racing? Is it club? Are we going to go back to the service centers of the years past when you just brought your engine in and it was serviced? What is the what was the initial plan last year? And then part B to that question, has that uh, that overall plan and focus evolved at all here in 2019? Yeah, yeah. No, so the, the plan really was, uh, you know, we put on on two ticket races, if you will. Um, this past year, we just finished um, the last one in Pittsburgh, which which went really fantastic. Yeah. And and the, and the main thing is really just to, to work from the bottom of the pyramid, right. Where the foundation of karting is at on your local club and up to the regional levels. You know, there's a lot of people who are in the sport or are on the fence thinking about getting into the sport, whether it be from rental carts, whether it be some people that are in some of the lower horsepower sort of karting categories that are looking for something that's, you know, Cost effective has a you know a low cost of ownership, if you will, but also has you know the excitement, the speed, kind of that recreational fun side of it, and and there's a real tangible structure to it that you know if they do get into the sport, they can scale and they can scale you know really within a reasonable budget. So um, the product line with Rotax and, and Mojo really you know fits that that very very well because of our cost of ownership for the engine package. You know, it's a 125cc water-cooled platform where it's the same engine base from Micro Max all the way up to your Senior Max. Now, there's a few little add-ons and changes as you kind of scale through through the age brackets and the category brackets. But in the end, the, the base principle is, you know, it's the same same platform. Um, and then obviously with the structure that we have on the global scale, it allows us to bring a lot of depth to those local and kind of regional areas. So that's really where our focus was um, this year. Um, going into next year, we'll, we'll kind of double down on that um, and even put more emphasis on the, the regional and the local levels. Um, obviously, the engine with its longevity and then with, with the Mojo tire obviously has a, a high level performance. And then you know, everybody that has used it this year through some of our different regions, as well as the Stars and Stripes events, you know, everybody's really echoed the same thing. We've done a, uh, a Mojo tire report, which has been kind of interesting that we posted where we, we kind of have all the top three in every category. There are times from quality all the way to the final. And, and we've been seeing, you know, essentially the fastest the fastest times have been coming from the finals, which is something you don't see a lot, um, especially given the fact that at those events, we only use one set of tires for all of the racing, right? I looked at that today. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Which is pretty incredible, right? You know, you look at it and some people say, well, this, you know, person did their, you know, fastest time in the final. Well, you know, they, they probably went new tires that day where for, for, for two solid days of racing, we're on one set of tires, which is, you know, at that 125 kind of higher end, higher horsepower is, is somewhat unheard of. Right. So um, we have a really good package as far as that goes. So we're going to focus on those areas and, and kind and uh, growing the tracks and the regions that we've been working with this past year. And then, um, you know, for our ticket races for 2020, um, that's still a little bit up in the air, how the structure will be. Um, it's going to be finalized and will be put out here at the end of September with the venues and in the structure and all of that. But, um, you know, this last year, um, started off a little bit, bit slow, but we picked up and we had a really nice event, um, 
at the open event in uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's been an exciting year. So basically a little bit of the same from this past year, moving into the next year, I would say with a little bit more emphasis on the regional local levels than, than even what we had in uh, 2019. There it is, folks, talking right now to Justin Stefani from the J3 Competition Group and Stars and Stripes Rotax Carding. Rotax, of course, back now here in the United States. Uh, after this quick break, we'll come back. We're going to start talking about those two Stars and Stripes events. Those were kind of the two focus events, the bigger events, where uh, J3 Competition was able to give out the tickets to the Rotax Grand Final. Still one of the biggest racing events globally uh, every year. After this break, folks, we're going to come back with Justin Stefani. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Allen Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866 866- 607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Top quality material, all presented in fluorescent yellow. You've seen it, and now you need to choose the flow. Since 2005, J3 Competition has been capturing major victories and championships both on and off the track, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and rolled it into their own chassis line in 2015, the Comp Cart. The CIK FIA homologated brand has been winning races ever since. There are three Comp Cart models to choose from. The Covert 3.0 R19 is the latest design for tag and shifter competition. The Covert 4R serves several popular categories, including 100cc and Briggs 206 racing. The Ranger 28 model is designed for cadet racing and will be the official chassis of the Minimax division at the 2019 Rotax Challenge Grand Finals in Sarno, Italy. And lastly, new carters can get right into the comp cart product from the beginning, running the micro cart in the kid cart division. Visit j3competition.com for more on the fastest growing chassis line in the world. Do it now. Choose the flow. Hi, EKN listeners. This is Jeff Wessel from Streeter Superstands. When it comes to lifts and stands for your carts and the largest selection of shop and trailer accessories, 
We know all about building and giving you the best. The Streeter Superstands crew has over 30 years of experience, are kart racers just like you, and know that the Streeter name stands for durability, affordability, and most of all, quality. We're the original and genuine manufacturer of Bigfoots and Stacker Stands, and we build them right here in the USA, along with our best-selling Streeter Superlift, upright stands, and an ever-growing roster of shop and trailer accessories to outfit any trailer or garage. While some guys pretend to be number one, we prove it every day, every race. Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstand builds it. Check us out at StreeterSuperstands.com. When it comes to the best in lifts, stands, shop and trailer accessories, and all the cool necessities to make your race day easy and organized, it's all at StreeterSuperstands.com. We innovate, not imitate. Roll with the best right now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Industry Insider, episode number 27. My name's Rob Howden, joined today by J3 Competitions, Justin Stefani, talking all about the Stars and Stripes Rotax program. Of course, the Rotax power plant back here in American Karting. Uh, the good folks at J3, Justin and uh, John and Jim Giacomelli, uh, putting together the program, picking up the Rotax BRP distributorship for the northern half of the U.S. They launched last year, just about a year ago, July of 2018, with the U.S. Open event uh, at New Jersey resetting things over the off season, coming back with a couple of stars and stripes races. The stars and stripes trophy event was out at the Utah motorsports campus on the uh, May 17th, the 19th weekend. They just wrapped up their race uh, in late July at the Pittsburgh international race complex. The uh, stars and stripes open. Um, and before the break, Justin, you talked about the fact that you kind of got off to a bit of a slow start and then things picked up throughout the season. I, to me, that would come as absolutely no surprise. You, you press the reset button you, you know, you, you essentially roll yourselves out and introduce yourself as the Rotax importer for the northern half of the states late last year. You know, everybody's getting to know you guys. They're seeing the momentum. They saw what you guys did putting on the race out at Utah. And that's obviously just going to, you know, it's going to steamroll right to the next event. Let's talk about the open race, the one you just had. Let's focus on that because you're giving out the, the, the tickets to the, the Rotax Grand Finals. And... You know, lighter numbers in Utah, but you really started to get those, you know, those good high teens numbers you want to have a legitimate strong event. The race at uh, at, at pit race was strong. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, you know, you, you, it's like when you start everything, I think you kind of mm-hmm. it. You know, you have to start from somewhere. So we started and we pushed forward, like I said, with, uh, you know, the kind of the quality and the integrity in which, you know, myself and Jim and John do things. And uh, we grew it um, really nicely to a, a great event in Pittsburgh. And we had, you know, for us, um, you know, we were really on par with what we were aiming for for numbers. And, you know, the racing was great, um, you know, all the way from from the mini micro category upward, uh, you know, in the mini micro category, probably arguably, I would say, you know, the two best drivers uh, in that category in the world were, were battling it out um, on a last lap battle. You know, the senior race was great. The junior race obviously was what was a lot of heavy hitters in that one. So yeah. the race, the race went well and, and it was really great because. Some of the people that were there, well, I should say a lot of the people that were there, um, nearly all of them, weren't at the first race, which is kind of a nice, interesting fact, because then when you take, you know, organically, you have the entries at Pittsburgh, and there's, I think, I don't even know if there was any crossover, to be honest. If there was, it was very minimal to Utah. You know, if you actually combine the two, now now all of a sudden, you're, you're kind of well up over the 100 mark, which is yep. pretty interesting when you look at that, but... 
you know, some of the people weren't used to the concept, obviously, because it's new of using the one set of tires, for instance, for all of racing. And, um, you know, like I explained to people, I said, you know, this is the exact same concept that, you know, they do at the grand finals. Um, so people were a little bit worried about that originally, but, um, again, people were doing their fastest times in the final, um, the tires performed great. And, um, I think what a lot of people, the takeaway was, you know, those are our kind of two marquee races. It's not our foundation of what we're trying to, to promote and do. It's really the, the pinnacle events. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we run those events as closely as possible to that grand finals event. Because people are there, obviously, to try to earn that ticket to the to the grand finals. And we know in the past years how many times, you know, American Carters um, have went overseas to compete, whether it be CIK or, or you know, whatever it may be. And it's so different from what we do over here, right? So you just have that big gap where over the years, you know, Jim and John and myself talk about it all the time, where it's almost an unfair advantage because everybody strives to be a world champion. Um, but when you go to those races, it, it's so much unfamiliarity, right? Um, where with the events we're putting on, we're trying to make that to where, you know, when Team USA goes to, uh, you know, the Rotex Grand Finals, they say, wow, this is this is familiar ground. This is, you know, the exact same material, if you will. This yeah. is exactly We've done this before. Process. Right? Yeah. That's a great call. It's a fantastic call. We'll talk more about Team USA after the next break in the action here. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, and, and I like the, the fact that that's the way you approach things. For those who may have not, you know, didn't go to the, the Stars and Stripes event, one of the interesting things, of course, was the engine raffle. Can you talk a little bit about, about where you employed the engine raffle and, uh, and how that all worked? Yeah, so um, we have all the engines obviously sealed. Um, it's part of your entry fee um, that your actual um, engine is included in that. So when you go to registration, you know, it, which is pretty standard, but you'll get your entry packet, you get your hard card, you know, obviously with your ID barcode on that hard card. And then um, we had time schedule on Thursday, which was, you know, material pickup throughout the day. And when it was your time slot, you came over to, um, we had two garages rented out there where we had all the lottery engines set up. You obviously um, then present yourself when it's your time slot, you know, we scan your hard card um, and we do it pretty, pretty analog. You know, we have the old ping pong balls, which I think makes it fun and kind of <laughs> the, kid, the kids reach their hand in there. You know, it's, it's, it's always kind of, I think a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more fun that way. Yeah. And you'll know, pull it out the number and then, uh, you know, it's a hundred percent random. And then you're, you know, you're presented that engine and before you take it away, um, we have a Rotax has a event management system where everything is barcoded and it's assigned to the driver, everything from hard card credentials, um, you know, the driver's meeting, the engine, your tire. So we, we scan your engine and that's your, that's your engine for the entire event. And, um, you know, then we have a full uh, service staff there also throughout the event. So if, you know, if you do have an engine issue or if you do have any tuning issues or questions, you know, you're able, the competitors are able to push their card over. And I think we have three full-time people there over the event um, to work with the customers to try to provide, you know, a great experience. And I think, you know, uh, by and large, we did a really good job of that and um, we had a lot of happy, happy drivers. Now let's 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 go back a little bit on that because those again new people listening to the Ecan Radio Network in this particular podcast, the, you know the one of the reasons for the engine raffle is again as you said to provide that level playing field. It's a it's an absolute you know you're, you're picking it it's it, you're picking a ball your ping pong ball out. <laughs> it's a raffle. You don't know which one you're going to get. And in years past, when people were owning engines, 
again, this was again in the in the pre Evo engines. Of course, Rotax has really elevated their engine production and, and engine um, assembly and everything at, at the track itself or at the at the at the, the facility itself, the manufacturing facility. This, you know, back, Justin, you know this, you're a team owner. Back in the day, there was all the talk of this engine being a massive engine, people selling them for ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, but there was ones that people thought were hot rods, right? And this this removes that. You know that when you're rolling into a race, that you're going to have exactly the same amount of horsepower as the guy beside you. And again, that whether it's a spec program, whatever it may be, the engine raffle, the absolute best way to do that right so you're not even bringing your own engine with a with a spec that's so close that everybody's probably going to have the same amount of horsepower this is straight up it's an engine raffle it's a crapshoot you pick an engine and away you go I, I like that yeah no it worked well and what it's what it's kind of allowed us to do too is and you brought this up earlier so this is a nice segue is it's allowed us to kind of revamp and revise the structure of what the service center is you know some yep. people know some people don't know that all Rotax engines are actually have a seal on them. And those seals are assigned to a um, dedicated service center, um, which that service center sort of network and concept uh, became a little bit diluted like everything does over years. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we we had some things happening that probably shouldn't. Um, So this has allowed us to kind of re-kickstart that service center program and make sure that people are kind of following um, the rules and, and what they need to do to have a lot of integrity in that system. So obviously as we kind of start to churn and, and build that system up, um, you know, the people that will be there will actually be able to service the people correctly. And then that sealed engine, when it comes from a service center, um, you know, it's going to mean something, right. And, and that's all traceable, right. So if there's anything that, that is found not to be compliant, if you will, um, all the seals are barcoded, right? And, and they're all registered to certain service centers. So the traceability and whatnot um, is there. So, you know, that'll be something that we obviously push really hard moving forward for 2020 as well. Let's talk about that now real briefly. We probably could have that to 2020, but let's talk about it now because you brought it up. That that was the beauty of Rotax when it first came, right? When it first arrived here, and this was this Rotax program, is that there, there were everybody, not everybody, you could become a service center. If I'm not mistaken, back in the day when you were a service center, you were also at the very early days, you actually had to run a rate a series yourself. That that service center had to run a series, an RMC series, Rotax Max Challenge series. But you serviced the engine. Engine came in, there was a set thing you did, you put the engine back out in a way it, you know, it wasn't overly expensive, and the engine, of course, has always had great longevity. Well, the uh, the evolution there was service centers all of a sudden decided that they were engine builders and they weren't just servicing the engine. They were trying to make it faster than their other service center and another service center. And then decal started to go on. It wasn't just a service center anymore where you came in and did the, the, the preset mandated Rotax service. It was, I'm going to make sure this engine's bad fast and we're going to go racing. And all of a sudden it became engine builders, not service centers. That said... Is that where you guys are going with J3 competition? Are we back again to, let's say I'm racing wherever I'm racing. Uh, uh, I'm in Michigan and there's a Michigan service center. I go, I go to that service center and they take care of my engine and they do what there's what's spec to do. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. You know, you can never control some, some service centers obviously have dynos nope. and these things, but um, the, the really, I think the biggest thing is Rotax has taken it on their shoulders with the development of some critical items that really eliminate, as you said, that monster engine and has yeah. created parity. So although, you know, whether it's a service center setting a particular squish or whatnot, 
um, with the way the new cylinders are produced and, and the way that some of the other um, performance items are produced, the parity and the gap has shrunk so much that there, there's really not a ton you can do to it to find performance. You know, back in the day, as you mentioned, you know, it was it was a cylinder game, which is pretty common in two cycle racing, right? Yeah. Um, but yep. with the way the uh, with the way the new cylinders are produced, that's really kind of gotten tossed out the window. And and being able to kind of start scratch with the service center program, we're able to ensure that. You know, the people who are legitimate service centers now um, are following the process and they're kind of following the mandates and they're following really the, the the overarching principle, right, which is integrity and which is kind of growth of the sport and providing cost effective, um, you know, service to, to road tax customers. So, um, yeah, it, it, sh- it should be um, really good, I think. Um, it was good this year. Obviously, all of our ticket races, if you will, were lottery engines. So some of those service centers obviously weren't um, able to kind of participate, if you will, with sealed engines. Um, so, you know, a little bit of that will change in 2020. Um, but in general, I think being able to kind of start fresh, like you said, start with the reset button. Um, there's a lot of long term value in that because you're able to really build um, a platform kind of, I don't want to necessarily say the way we want to build it, but probably the right way and the way that it needs to be built with integrity and, and all of that from the ground up. I like that. That's the positive stuff I like to hear. And again, that's going to really pave the way for Rotax to, to build its foundation, rebuild its foundation uh, by going after the club racers and the regional racers and providing that, like you said, that level of integrity in that sealed engine program. Talking about the Stars and Stripes, uh, events, your your trophy event and your open event. Now let's segue and talk about Team USA because those events, away from what you guys are doing in terms of the foundation club racing, as you said, the two kind of marquee events, as the importer, obviously, uh, distributor for the engines here in the U.S., you're charged with, with being able to give out the tickets to be able to go to the Road Tax Grand Finals. Still one of the greatest events that David Cole and I have, have ever been to. We've been to a couple of them. Just a tremendous race globally. Racers coming in from all the different Rotax countries to go head-to-head, all the teams, the Nations Cup, just an amazing race. This year taking place October 19th to the 26th. It's going to be in Sarno in Italy. I'm going to throw out the drivers right now, uh, Justin, and then we can talk about those drivers a little bit. We can talk about maybe the mindset and the approach that you guys are going to take. Uh, Micromax drivers, Adam Brickley and Ben Mayer. Uh, Junior Max, Connor Zilich, Josh Pearson, uh, Luca Mars, heavy hitters there for sure. In DD2, Max Hewitt and Josh Bethune from New Zealand. 13 drivers total coming, 12 with U.S. licenses. Josh, of course, from New Zealand. In the Minimax class, we'll have Cameron Weinberg and Alex uh, McPherson. In Senior Max, Nick Bruckner, Ryan Norberg, and Jace Denmark-Gessel. And in DD2 Masters, it's going to be Derek Wang and Tim Shutt. Uh, 13 drivers in total. Uh, of course, the 12 guys with the U.S. licenses. The red, white, and blue for Team USA. I absolutely love the logo. My question to you is, we'll, we can go back a little bit and talk about the drivers because you've got a great lineup of, of you know, top-level U.S. champions. What's your approach going in this year? You know, this year pardon me. You know, it's, it's been a deal where there's been times where some people will go by themselves to a certain extent. In years past, there's been a, a pretty major Team USA kind of team feel. Is it, is it going to be a team approach or more of a hands-off individual effort? I think in general, it's a team approach, but a team approach from the standpoint of uh, when we're actually physically at the event, you know, it's a team approach. I think, you know, from there's a lot of logistics behind it, people getting to and from and and all of that stuff. And we're we're pretty hands off on that. Right. Obviously, we'll usher any assistance people need. But, you know, 
as far as that goes, there's no force mandated. Um, you know, people have to travel together and do this. Uh, but obviously, we're representing our country. You know, one thing that I thought was important that we did was, you know, after we handed out the ticket, um, you know, we had a nice meeting at, at Pittsburgh. And we, we did had to do it via email for the people who won the tickets in Utah and whatnot. You know, just kind of a committal letter, right? Obviously, the event's a month earlier this year than in years past. So we get people that are, you know, committed, not waiting to the last minute. Sometimes some people, you know, oh, I can't do it or whatever. So that team is secure and it's solidified. Um, from being at the racetrack, you know, the idea is to be very team approach. Um, obviously, people want to race and get the best result individually, right? There, that's always yeah. been the case. But we're we kind of have a good method of being hands off at the track as well. You know, we want to provide um, the infrastructure that people need, and we want to provide everything that they need from the sporting and the technical side. Just because some things are different, there there's some newness is there, if you will. But but basically manage it from that side of things, from the technical side. Obviously, we have a lot of knowledge on that, but, you know, we've always been a pretty firm believer that you know, everybody has a team that they race for here or a mechanic or a tuner. And, you know, most everybody is going to bring that team or tuner or mechanic. So we're not there to step on people's toes and force people to do anything. Um, but obviously, we're going to be there to, to make sure that everybody has you know the team concept. One, one thing that will be kind of mandated this year is they have a welcome party, which is probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Um, and, and all the countries get up and, and you kind of do almost a choreographed skit. It's a really nice kind of team building bonding event prior to actually hitting the track. So, you know, we're going to make sure all the members are there representing our country properly and um, it, it should be a good time. But, you know, in terms of forcing people down a certain path or a certain funnel, if you will, um, you know, we're not going to do that so much from the technical side, just from the sporting side and the presentation side and representing your country side, which is you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the most important thing. And then what happens on the track, um, you know, that'll be up to the drivers. And, and we certainly have a, a, some phenomenal talent, without a doubt. Well, and I think the interesting thing is, and I, and I like that approach, I really do, because people do come in with their own programs, right? It's, yeah, they're going to be under the Team USA banner, but they've also been, you know, they've they've had a mechanic they've had for many years, whatever it may be. They come in with their own set approach, their set uh, the, the way they do things trackside and you, do, you know, you don't want to get in the middle of that, right? You don't want to mess up what actually worked to get them to team USA by trying to follow some different philosophy. But that said, both you, Jim and John veterans of the sport, veteran drivers yourself, there is an opportunity for you guys while still looking over the entire program and making sure that there's continuity, you guys can still be there for sounding boards. I I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that you guys have earned enough respect within the paddock uh, that you could be there if necessary. I think that's probably something that you would consider. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how it was a little bit last year. Obviously, we kind of came yep. in halfway, as you said, when we took over the uh, the distribution systems in the summer, and then kind of Team USA was handed to us at that point. This year, you know, a little bit different, but uh, since we have it, uh, you know, from from the beginning of the year onward. Uh, but yeah, I mean, last year was the same thing. You know, we let people kind of do what they wanted to do and you just kind of develop that relationship. I think we have a lot of respect for the people who are on Team USA and the different, you know, shops and teams. And like you said, I think they have respect for us. So, you know, when we kind of have a sidebar discussion, some of the guys will you know, ask myself or John or, or you know, Jim will be there this year. He wasn't last year. Um, you know, what their thought is and, you know, wh whether they take the advice or they don't, it's, you know, for me, it's all about data points. Um, and the more data points you can kind of, kind of put out there, um, it certainly allows you to, to make better decisions usually. So, you know, just to be part of that process and, 
you know, do all the other stuff on the backside. So um, the drivers can be, you know, performing at their best on the track is, is really what we're there to do. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like being the coach of the dream team for team USA and Olympic basketball, right? Yeah. You, you got 12 all-stars, 12 legends, super like all-stars, but just let them go. Yeah. Just, just, just make sure the ball's got air in it and uh, you know, forget their tennis shoes and, and kind of let them do their thing. So yeah, I mean, that's a good analogy. You know, the last thing you want to do is overcoach, overanalyze and, and, yeah. and let the professionals do what they do best. That's it. All right, folks, one more break here in this particular uh, episode of the industry insider, Justin Stefani from J3 competition and the stars and stripes road tax program joining me here today on the EKN radio network. When we get back. We're going to talk a little bit about 2020 and I'm going to talk to or ask Justin a couple of questions on what, it, what it's been like to evolve over the years uh, within the sport of charting. Stay with us more to come here on the EKN radio network. If you want to drive the best drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts and all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the Mini categories, to the Heron for Taggeries, the Road Rebel for Gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three runs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis 180 horsepower and paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Mateus Laced, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates, like Kyle Kirkwood, are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. You want to race IndyCar, 
there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. As a world leader in personal racing safety products with a sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets that are so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 27 of the Industry Insider, mid-August here in 2019, August 16th to be exact. Uh, this is the Industry Insider, Justin Stefani from J3 Competition joining me today, the United States distributor of the Rotex BRP product line. Of course, the promoter as well of the Stars and Stripes program, the couple of races they had this year, and, and just the overall program of bringing Rotex back to American karting. Uh, Justin, you touched briefly on 2020. We didn't go really deeply into it. You talked about the fact that there are potential uh, evolutions of how you're going to approach things. I don't think that your, your focus on supporting club level racing and those who want to get into the sport or those who are potentially looking to go a little faster that is of course something always uh, with, with karting. You always want to maybe go a little faster depending on, on where you are within your, your experience. What are you thinking of right now? It's, are there any new tracks you have coming on board club wise? Let's, let's start with that in the club level. Do you see new pockets of the sport where maybe the road tax fire is starting to burn a little brighter? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, we have a, we have a few new tracks right now that, that looks like they'll be coming on board. Um, and then we have some, some existing facilities that, um, you know, a lot of people on that, on that localized area are understanding the importance of, uh, not to get down this rabbit hole, but moving back to the tag engine concept, right. Um, yep. where, where you're able to manage that pretty easily on a localized level, able to have a, a nice structure, but you're able to allow competitors to, to run what product, if you will, that, um, you know, maybe fits their budget or fits their style or fits their preference for whatever reason, whether that's from a service standpoint, drivability standpoint, engine life standpoint. Um, I think anytime on the local level, um, when you can grow participation, you need to lower the barriers of entry. And it's a tricky thing to do because you obviously want to keep things fair and you want to mitigate all of those, I, you know, those issues, I guess, if you will, that can arise. But I think if done properly, it works. We've seen it work in pockets where we have clubs and regions that are, you know, 20, 30 people running in what we would call the tag junior senior category, yep. um, a nice mix of engines. Um, and people are happy, right? When people can kind of pick and choose to a certain degree on that local level, what they want, um, that makes for a happy customer. And a happy customer, you know, that that's somebody that's going to be in the sport, that's going to be contributing to our sport for a long time. We keep them longer 
and um, you know, so so that's been good. So we have some some you know facilities that are going to you know, move towards that. We have some facilities that are going to you know adopt um, the tire, or some facilities that are going to adopt um, the engine policy um, all in itself. So um, you know, it, it looks to be looks to be good for 2020 for us. Well, again, coming out of the box as you guys did last year, it's all about baby steps. It's all about growing. You know, it's I I, I harken it back when we were talking. You know, when I first launched Shifter Card Illustrated Magazine back in 1999, I didn't have the 5,000 or 6,000 subscribers I ended up with. You know, I had 15 and then I had 100. And then, you know, it just, it's one of those things where as the ball starts to roll, you guys are going to be able to find yourself in the place you need to be. And I, and I, I do like the tag program at club level racing because I'm, I'm all about you know, being inclusive, not exclusive. And it allows the driver, if they want a Rotex, if they want a Rock, if they want an IAMI, whatever engine they want to be on, because maybe they want to go run a Stars and Stripes race, or they want to run a Rock the Rio race, or they want to run a Scusa race, whatever it may be. That allows people to kind of do what they want to do and not have themselves pushed out because they don't have the right engine package. So I, I agree with you on that totally. Here's my, my next question about 2020. Now, now, we touched on it briefly. Is is there a goal to continue with the major mul- multiple events like you did this year with the trophy and the open stars and stripes, or is there potential of going just to one big race? Um, <laughs> if you're not, listen, and let, let, me, let, me preface, let me preface it with this. We're, we're, I'm sure you guys are still working on that because you guys, you're so fluid. You're, you're you know, you, things are growing. You're getting more and more people. Like you said, you had all, almost all brand new people racing at the trophy compared to what you had or the open. That compared to they had at the trophy in Utah, you had new guys, uh, you know, in, in Pennsylvania. It's it's got to be tough for you guys to figure out what the right move is going to be because you know middle middle of next year you might say, man, we should have just did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's always easy to to look back into the window, yeah. right? Once yeah. it's happened. Um, but yeah, for next year, like I said, wh- which way um, we go with the structure of the of the ticket race slash races plural, if you will. Um, that's going to be, that'll all be out by the end of September at the very latest, okay. you know, schedule of tracks, everything else. So we're just kind of in the middle of, of finalizing all of that this year, like I said, went really well. Um, but again, you know, the, you, you want to provide what the consumers are asking and you want to provide what, what the market is asking for, but also in doing so you need to keep a good, uh, you need to keep your eye, you know, out, out on the horizon too, and, and, and make sure that the decisions are made for the, the growth and the future of the program. So, um, you know, they're never easy decisions, right? Um, but but definitely we're going to make the, the right one, and I'm confident in, in what we'll do on that side of things for, for 2020. So there you go, folks. Look for more news coming out of the J3 Stars and Stripes camp before potentially the end of September or October to what's going to be happening in 2020. All right, let's cap this podcast off, uh, Justin, because I, I, find it, I find it very interesting. I've been in this long enough, 25 years, that – I, I sometimes when I'm at a race somewhere, I, I, rem, I try to remember back to the guys that I either were, were watching racing in the, in the mid to late nineties when I started, or those who have, you know, were just getting into the industry and starting to kind of work their way, you know, the way forward and, and how they've become part of the core part of our sport. And there's some guys that are, were racers and they really had no business ac- acumen at all. <laughs> and they, you know, they, they've worked their way into the industry and have had to learn through ups and downs. Of course you went to school and have you know you have a degree? I believe it's up. Would you in management? What what, what is yeah, your degree? Yeah, in? supply chain. Yep, that's what I thought. See, this is you're you're exactly where you need to be, but you put it in carding, which I think is fantastic. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, 
give me your thoughts on the transition first and foremost, coming from, from being a driver into the sport, because then where I want to go to after that is I want to get your thoughts on all of a sudden going to the other side of the fence, or let's say, if you will, the other side of the heated argument going from team owner to promoter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, it's gotta be tough. What's what, what, how's the, how's the transition been throughout the 15, 20 years? Yeah. I mean, I think it all starts with passion, right? And, yeah. um, you know, had a great opportunity with Jim and John Giacomelli who were already in the, already in the, the game, right? Already um, players in the game, if you will. And, um, you know, we were able to kind of, you know, create J3 competition, right? And, and I was able to come in from, you know, being a, an ex-participant in the sport to, you know, being able to run a business and, and partner with those guys. And we, all three of us have a skill set, um, you know, as similar as they are, they're definitely different and they complement each other. So I think yeah. that's been one of our really biggest assets is, you know, we can kind of lean on each other and, and there's three of us, which, you know, sometimes I think outsiders look in and go, how does that work? But I think unlike a lot of people are, uh, you know, what the three of us individually bring are different enough and they complement each other a lot. And, and that's allowed us to, to be successful. But yeah, I mean, from, from, you know, the transition over the years from, you know, importing and, and distributing product to now, so we still do that for Rotax running the race team side of things over the years. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a sport of passion, right. And you always have to evolve and, we always talk about looking out in the horizon and, and making sure we're looking multiple years down the road and um, not making the short-term decisions. And we've, we've done a good job with that. The sports definitely evolved and, and kind of went through a lot of interesting turns over the last 15 years, but it is, <laughs> it, it, it is one of those things, you know, when, when you drive, obviously you, you do it for the love and, and the passion. And um, you know, when you're working with the driver or you're, you're managing a team, I mean, I think I, I still, my, my heart still is beating, you know, about 160, 100 beats a minute, right? When you're standing up in the grandstand or you're standing on the perch and you're, you're timing your drivers and you're doing the split times. Um, I think that motivation when you have the undying passion for the sport never leaves you. And it, at least for me and whether, you know, you're, you're managing or you're developing a product, uh, it's nothing more satisfying really than actually seeing another driver out there. It's either part of your team that you work with or they're utilizing one of your products and they're having success. Um, you know, that's really what motivates us as a business. Um, and then from the promotion side, which is a little bit different, you know, I, I take the hack completely off and um, really kind of head up the operations at our events and just try to be a good sounding board for everybody because we've been on all sides of the fence and, and try to make yeah. sure, you know, the point of view from the race team owner and the driver, you know, we, we unique. It's fresh, right? point of views right it's, so. it, it, it's fresh for you that's that, that's where i kind of wanted to go because yeah. i was going to ask you you know it's so fresh for you guys it's it's so fresh that it's weekend to weekend it's not like you've stopped doing what you're doing in the industry and you become a promoter right no. it's you guys are still a team owner how how does that experience how has that really helped what you do trackside when you're on the other side of the fence i think we just had a good relationship with also with all of our kind of fellow colleagues in the industry right we all kind of talk of uh, the ones that respect each other and you know everybody says hey this is you know what we need to do this is where it needs to go and we're simply are at a place in our business and then at a place with, with the Rotax side of things to be able to really provide the industry what everybody's been asking for right for the last 10-15 years you know we all kind of sit around the paddock a little bit Rob and you know we're we're at an airport we're flying out we're at dinner yeah. we have all these industry sidebar talks with people and I think for us we're just 
we're acting on what the market wants and what the market's been asking for. And we've been in, you know, we're in a position now to be able to do that, to help the sport, you know, stabilize even further and, and obviously hopefully grow as well. So, you know, that part of it um, is, is exciting and we take that serious, not only for ourselves and our business, but for, you know, all of our fellow, you know, competitors and friends that we obviously industry members, if you will, that we have in the paddock. It's important for us to be, be one of those core, you know, businesses that help you know grow the sport and provide stability for everybody in it you know it's not just about g3 competition i think when you when you're doing something um only for yourself you're you're really missing the big picture and what this is about and this is a pretty tight community here this this carding industry and we really need to be able to support each other and but in doing so we need to make sure that we're providing sound fund, fundamental platforms for all of us to sustain our businesses and, and grow it and grow the sport and you know, it's really kind of at, at one of the cores and what we're doing right now with the, the Roadbacks program and, and the Stars and Stripes. That's great stuff, Justin. Thank you so much. And you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll give a little shout out to you and and, uh, and Jim and John. It was it was J and J at one point, and it became J three. Obviously, when you you joined, you said fifteen years, and you joined those guys. Congratulations on fifteen years in the industry. That's pretty solid. Yeah, cool. Thanks, and uh, yeah, thanks for having us on. And uh, yeah, we we appreciate it. Folks, uh, we're going to be coming back to Justin Stefani more and more throughout the next couple of years. Obviously, uh, their position now as not only a team and as a chassis, essentially, manufacturer with, with CompCard, also with the Rotax program, lots of opportunity to talk to them and get more insight into what we're seeing as this sport develops. Of course, Iami, Rock, still strong, or not still strong, but strong within the industry, but great to have Rotax back as well. You think about the three big races, of course, the Iami International Final, the Rock uh, Cup, uh, super final, which is called now, and the granddaddy of them all for the last number of years, the Rotax Grand Final. Awesome to have the, the three strong engine manufacturers back here in the U.S. We do thank uh, Justin for being with us here today, folks, and thank you guys for joining in on another edition of the Industry Insider. Uh, this will be, of course, streaming on the EKN Radio Network first, then we'll turn it into a podcast. But as always, if you're listening to it on the podcast because you haven't downloaded the EKN Radio Network app to your mobile device, do so. All our fresh content first uh, streaming live on the EKN Radio Network app or on the website at ecardinews.com slash radio. Once again, big thank you to Justin Stefani for joining me here today and we thank you for tuning in as well. Folks, we're done here on the Industry Insider. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. Bye for now.